Welcome back. <laughs> hey, Brian. Yep. All right. Looks like we got turtle. All right, guys. Not sure what happened there. We had a, a little bit of a heart attack. We were going for one hour straight. I think it was exactly at the one hour mark. Um, the call-in room dropped. So I ended up finding the audio, audio file publishing that that's why we got the impromptu episode four part two where we'll continue our discussion so in the first uh part of the episode of episode four that that's published and out you'll find what turtle and i have been up to and why there we waited so long between episodes uh the recent nfl and combine news and Trades one through six of our biggest 24-hour window. We were talking about trade six, and I want to get it back over to you, Turtle. Um, it was the big Trey Lance and Kelsey deal for draft picks, um, and you were kind of talking about how that shifted the balance of the league. Why don't you Why don't you just take it right away? Yeah, all I was really saying was that Matt ended up with two great players in Travis Kelsey and Trey Lance, and he didn't have to give up any draft capital for this year's rookie draft. I think all in all, that's a big win. Um, as we know, Jay is still going to be in the rebuilding phase for the next couple of years. So he's okay with it. Um, but yeah, I think Matt won that trade by, by a lot for somebody that's trying to compete now and in the future. Um, and that, that's really all I got about that. Yeah. I, I know. I mean, having talked to Jay, he really valued, uh, the top end 2023 picks. And I think that that's really what this came down to for him. He was hell bent on getting that. 2023 top uh top two top three first um that matt was holding at the time so you know i mean that that player could end up uh being a really good player um but i I think we said it at the beginning of the other episode right i mean it's it's or or, a previous episode it's it's really tough to trade for top quarterbacks right like they're they're a dime a dozen and when you hold one you don't want to let them go Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've had a couple of people inquire, uh, about trading one of my, my top QBs and, uh, you know, I've, I've rebuffed, uh, some pretty strong offers, including, uh, one, probably the strongest one from, from yourself, Matt, mm-hmm. um, just, just because, you know, even if, even if you're getting three first round picks for a quarterback, right. And, and I mean, you're getting I, I would argue you're, you're probably getting two first round picks here for a quarterback. You, if you don't have another one, you got to use another first round pick on a quarterback, right? Yeah. Uh, to to replace that player, <laughs> you know, with the hit rate of quarterbacks, you're probably using two first round picks to get yourself a replacement level quarterback. So, and for me, it was um, Kelsey, kind of kind of as almost like a throw-in if we're talking three first round picks for a top end QB, which again, uh, in the first half of this episode, we were talking about how, um, you know, I think collectively we said, yeah, Lance is probably for a dynasty format, super flex going to be a top eight to 10 QB. I think we, I think we said top eight is where we kind of drew maybe, maybe the floor, you know, with the, with the rushing and just the, the situation he went into. Um, and I'll circle back on the situation, but yeah, just to, to have Kelsey there too. And again, we're tight end premium. I was like, Oh boy. Yeah. So I'd love to have that high 2023 pick, but it uh, doesn't help me at all for 2022. Um, and the final point that I'll make on Lance is circling back to situation. 
you're going to have some great QBs come out in the 2023 draft. Um, Stroud or um, Bryce Young. Yeah, yeah, Bryce Young from Alabama. Like, there's there's going to be quality top end starters. In uh, Superflex, you might have a clear one on one. The problem is, and and Turtle, don't take this as a knock on your guy, Trevor Lawrence. Is we heard Trevor Lawrence is going to be a generational talent, and he might be that, right? It didn't look like it year one, but the problem historically with people going in the top three picks, these come in and save our franchise type situations, is it doesn't happen like Joe Burrow all the time, um, and hardly ever. Uh, Matt Stafford, Jared Goff. Uh, Sam Bradford, the list goes on and on. Um, Alex Smith, I, he went one-on-one, I believe. Like, they don't come in and save a franchise. Why? Because the franchises that they're going to are terrible teams. Yep. And football is not the NBA. You don't get that one missing piece, generally, and it's just it, it, from the rookie draft. Obviously, the Rams kind of got it in Matt Stafford. But from the rookie draft, you don't get one piece to just, oh, your franchise is good, like – um, it takes a long time to turn a failing franchise around. What's very unique and changed my mind greatly about Trey Lance is he went top three and fell into an extremely good team support system, but also a very stable front office, Shanahan and Lynch with those twin seven or eight year deals. Like there's stability there. Um, he had a year to to be groomed. Now that we're looking hindsight, you know, people drafting in the last rookie draft probably didn't think so. But um, you're not going to find a high end talent often moving to us uh, or being drafted into an extremely stable situation. It's it, think of it like Lamar going to the Ravens at one at the one point three two. The reason why a great QB was able to be great is because he went to a great situation at, at being drafted at the 32nd spot. If he went, if you redid that draft and he was taken one-on-one and it was to whoever it was, the Jags or the Lions or whoever drafted first that year, it's totally different. It's going to be, to- they might not have used them the same way Harbaugh changed the system. It's It's very hard to replicate that. So, for me, I was very happy with the deal. Sure, I was regretful on, on trading some of the picks. Um, but I think that regret is going to be far outweighed by um, – I, I shouldn't say regret. It, it it was painful a little bit to trade away three. I had never done that. Um, but I think it was well worth it. Yeah, it was worth it for you. And I was going to say, to just piggyback off of the uh, the one-on-one quarterback situation, it's you're put into a big pressure situation, so – Hopefully they could build around these guys like Trevor Lawrence, you know, and, and maybe one day he could be the uh, the guy that everyone thinks he's going to be. Mm-hmm. I think they made a first a good first step um, with with Doug Peterson. And that's yeah. something we should probably cover in a future episode is, is, you know, there was a lot of coaching carousel changes. What does it mean for the players on those teams? We'll, we'll dive into that for the audience um, in a future episode. All right, so um, that was trade number six, and then that was it for the night. We we closed it down, um, and that kind of ended the night with a bang after you know uh, a blow up in the in the chat. 
the the next morning we woke up and before that 24-hour period had closed we had one final trade go through um it was between jay and joey and uh it wasn't a big one but we're in a super flex league and it was jimmy garoppolo and a fifth um being traded for 2024 second so you know you don't usually see starting qbs get changed for a second round pick never mind one so far out in the future uh, Garoppolo has question marks around him, but by all accounts, he should be a starter somewhere. The shoulder surgery should not impact that. Um, Turtle, what do you think? Did Joey finally make a, a trade that makes sense for him? Uh, or, or well, what do you think? well, well, Joey, I think that same week also traded me to, uh, I think it was, might've been, might've been a day or two after. So he made a good move by getting Jimmy G, but then he just gave away another QB just randomly. I, I didn't even give up much for, for, for Tua. So, um, like I said, Joey, hopefully we'll figure it out. But right now, I think his team is not going to be competing for a little bit. Struggle City. Yeah, yeah, that was a few days after where you got to us. So, um, all right. So, so Joey made, made a smart move. He ended it. It wasn't. It didn't end on, on like, as big as the Kelsey and Lance deal. But nonetheless, that was our, our crazy 24-hour trade period. Some Some truly shifting of uh the, the power players in that league um at the end of the day so real life trades that happened with folks who know dynasty um and you know you tell us if, if that would work in your league or if you like some of it go go try to replicate it for sure so all right turtle this is going to be fun we're going to move into into the turtles top three segment we got um a handcuff edition today. We want to cover uh, the top, your top three handcuffs at both the wide receiver and RB position. So start us off on whatever position you want, but then let's uh, stick with that position for your top three. Yeah, I'll st- I'll start with a uh, wide receiver just because I think it's a little bit easier to explain. Um, so my my first wide receiver that I am going to be talking about who I think has such good high upside as I don't want to call these wide receivers handcuffs, but I'll say second and third options. Um, the first one is going to be LaVisca Chenault. He, he was so hyped at the beginning of last year. He didn't really live up to the expectations. Obviously we just talked about the coaching carousel and the Trevor Lawrence situation, but you know what? That guy has elite athleticism. So I think that once the Jaguars figure out, how to use him as a true weapon, he's going to really make a, make a splash for his team and be a really, really good option behind whoever their wide receiver one's going to be. Because I don't think he will ever be their WR1, but I think that he definitely has the ability to be a, a, a top wide receiver two in the NFL. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with that. I, I think he's somebody who's fallen way down the draft boards at this point. I mean... It's almost I, forgotten. Yeah, I, I think Urban Meyer... Uh, he he got he got the Urban Meyer effect, but hasn't gotten the rebound from Urban Meyer necessarily leaving. You know, so I I think there's there's definitely upside opportunity for Chanel. Yeah, and 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 to piggyback on how Turtle opened the segment for the handcuffs on the wide receiver side, certainly um, less maybe dependent on injury as a wide receiver. You know, plenty of teams run four wide sets or rotate their guys in and out. But yeah, I think these are going to be if an injury occurs and these guys move up the depth spot a peg like that, they have the chance to really, you know, pop. 
Uh, but even if they don't turtle, I think to your point, Chenault's a guy who, um, you know, is is lower and he can he can go in and produce without an injury in front of him. Fully agreed. Fully agreed. He's 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 got elite athleticism. He he's he's a beast. Yeah. Let's see if Peterson knows how to use him. Yeah. Let's hope. So for number two, I'm gonna be I'm gonna stick with the uh, team who made it to the Super Bowl, and that's gonna be the Bengals, and it's gonna be Tyler Boyd just because of who he's paired up with. You know, he he's already established himself as a very good wide receiver in the NFL, but. If one of those top dogs, Higgins or um, oh, yeah. Jamar, goes down, he's going to be instant. Oh, he's going to be instant. Wr two. I'll tell you, I, I couldn't agree more. I was facing Mike's team last year, I think, and our projection was really close. And I think T. Higgins was banged up the week before, and it was like, is he going to play? Is he not? And I was like, damn it, like. Mike's got Tyler Boyd, doesn't have T. Higgins. He's going to be able to swap him in and have, like, an immediate impact player. Uh, and sure enough, T. Higgins ruled out. Tyler Boyd starts. Tyler Boyd does just what I thought, scores a touchdown, the whole nine yards. So, you know, luckily for T., he wasn't hurt long term. But, yeah, when when I saw you send this in on the show, Doc, I thought, wow, what a good pick. I, I love Tyler Boyd as just – Man, you get you get an incredible weekly provider in that offense if uh, if someone above him goes down. That's, yeah, that's but, a great one. Boyd to me is the best uh, third receiver on any team in the NFL. Oh yeah, gotta yeah. be. He's unreal. He he's he's a great player and he's a possession receiver. You know, he kind of he can really just go over the middle and just catch passes and really just get first downs. Get get big yardage plays and, and then score touchdowns ultimately. So, I mean, who wouldn't want to have that as your third receiver option on your team, especially with such an elite quarterback in Joe Burrow? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those are two great starters. What do you got us to bring us home? Okay. Yeah. I mean, for my third, I, I'm going honestly, KJ Osborne. Love it. I, Love I think me some crazy train. Yeah. Crazy trains. He's a beast, man. And, and the good thing about crazy train is that he's so young still and Thielen's on his way out and really can't stay uninjured. So Osborne showed some really good signs, um, and I'm just excited to see what he can do. He he seems like he's going to be such a great fit with Jefferson just because there's going to be so many teams doubling up on Jefferson, mm-hmm. and it's just going to leave a lot of open space for, for crazy train Osborne. And not sure. to mention, Irv Smith's going to be – you know, back. So that really opens up some more space for him as well. So I, I think that Vikings team, if they can get their, uh, their offense going with their new coaching, um, he's going to be a good, a good piece to have on any team on, on their team. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's a great one. Uh, Thielen getting long in the tooth. Um, you got McConnell coming in by all accounts, seems like a really strong offensive mind. And uh, Cousins is, is sticking around, and, and you know, we, we see that yeah, a Cousins-caliber quarterback is a very desired level of quarterback in, in the league, you know, just because they're not moving on from him at such a high price tag. It kind of speaks volume. So it'll, just, it'll I'm just curious to see, right? I mean, you know, Cook, Cook isn't going anywhere. He's the running back there, right? Jefferson's not going anywhere. He's the, he's the, the lead wide receiver in that offense, right? 
is O'Connell going to bring in somebody to put his stamp on the offense mm-hmm. that might impact Osborne? Um, that you know, that, that's my only concern with him. Um, but yeah, I, so, I mean, he he's he he definitely showed that he can be a player in this league. Yeah, so I know McConnell's path, at least to my knowledge, is he started with McVeigh over um, with WFT. Uh, I don't know if we're just going to call them commanders. They obviously weren't the commanders at the time. Um, and then, you know, he's got the L.A. ties most recently. So, you know, maybe there's a cast off from one of those that he wants to pull in a guy. Certainly, you know, he's got inroads to uh, to talk with those teams at a minimum. Yeah. Yep. So, no, that that's great, Turtle. I, I like those three. Um, if, if you had to recommend um, one of those guys who would be – the the one you'd recommend to listeners to go get and then what do you think is the price that they have to pay to land one of those guys Ooh, yeah i mean i i I think i think personally just because he's so established already he's a little bit older than the other two guys mentioned but i think tyler boyd Uh would be the guy that i would be going after just because you know what you're going to get from him and then some games you're going to get a lot more than you expect um i think i think somebody might trade you trade you uh Tyler Boyd for a second round future second round and then maybe a lesser wide receiver so maybe somebody like Braxton Berrios and a second maybe yep. maybe that'll get you get your Tyler Boyd maybe you might have to spend a little bit more on him but I think that depending on the team team's uh structure you might be able to land him for something like that yeah I I mean Brian I don't know about you to me two in a in a potential film like a Berrios guy I think that 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 gets the deal done in most leagues. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, if, if it was me, I, I'm actually uh, – I'm probably going LaVisca Chenault, right? Okay. I think he's he's one of those players that uh, in the offseason is probably going to get talked up quite a bit by by other analysts in the, uh, the realm. And, uh, you know, as, as a low-cost, high-upside player, right, which is going to drive his cost up. Um, it just, just from players listening and going out and trying to acquire him. Right. So I think now is the time to go and try and buy LaVisca Chenault, um, you know, as cheap as you can. I mean, you might, you might even be able to get him for, uh, a third and a player at this point. Yeah. I I think it's possible. I I think that, I think third in a a player is is very, very possible, especially as we move closer to the draft and someone might say, yeah, who there's there's 36 players that that I like. I can take a whatever an upside RB a rookie or whatever, right? Um, but I think I, I think if you're looking that. for the yeah, if you're looking for the guaranteed production, though, I think Boyd's Boyd's the safer the safer play. Yeah, yeah agreed. Yeah, no no arguments here. Uh, I could I could you know split it three ways and go Osborne myself. I, I'm a bit partial. I had him and he didn't. Great for me last year. I had him once he kind of came on. Um, BD, I think that was one of the two trades that you and I did where I think I walked away feeling pretty good in terms of what I gave and what I got. The other being Dearness Johnson. Yep. Um, but, yeah, he's no longer with me, but I, 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 do like, um, I do like Osborne's upside. So, all right, switching over to the running backs, which, you know, people love themselves a good RB handcuff, a good – League winner just waiting in the wings for an injury to someone on my team, or most likely those league winners come from I got a handcuff on someone else's team. 
um, waiting on my bench for an injury or, or just uh, the opportunity. So, Turtle, hit us with uh, hit us with your first one. On the you know, you know what's you know what's funny about this. I I really looked in and, and just dove a little deep into wh- who, which teams have the best handcuffs, and what I came up with is pretty interesting. It's three power backs, like three absolute power backs that are goal line monsters that can just get touchdowns. They'll get yards, um, and they'll really just be successful at the at the next level if given an opportunity. Um, the first one is everybody knows him for filling in for King Henry is Donta Foreman. Oh, and you guys didn't see that coming because not a lot of people might like that, but he's still young. He's young and he is athletic. So I think that if he, this man can get land, land on a team that's a little bit running back needy, like, like I, I would love to see him go to the jets to be the compliment to Michael Carter and just be the power back there right at the goal line, get all those carries. I think he would have such a great year. Yeah. Uh, I could see him certainly moving teams and maybe from out from a, if I'm Deontay Foreman, I'm just trying to get the most money, especially since I capitalize on my health. Personally, I think Titans would be crazy to let him go. He, yeah. he is, a, he, there's no clone for Henry obviously, but um, the body of work he put in, I'd be a little concerned about the foot maybe long-term if I'm if I'm John Robinson sitting there in the front office and I would say, why would I let this guy walk, you know? I'd, I'd at least try to match anything he'd get. But yeah. I think, you know, if you're the if you're the foreman owner, you probably want to see him on a new team because he doesn't have a guy like Henry in front of him if he goes anywhere else. So what do you think, BD? Yeah, um, it's always a question of, uh, you know, is is the system the one that makes him work uh, versus the player, right? I mean, I think interesting stat I saw in the Titans this year is uh, Foreman and, and uh, I, I forget the other guy who was filling in for Henry. Um, McNichols? Yeah, McNichols during the season, right? Those two backs combined uh, had the same yards per carry average that Henry had you know, and then you had Donald Hilliard. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah, Hilliard, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I think I, I think uh, Tennessee has a really good system uh, for the running back there. Obviously, Henry is a special player and, um, you know, can, can hold up to that workload and, and uh, you know, just gets better as he goes. But you know, I, I think I think Foreman staying in that offense would actually probably be the best thing for him as a player. Yeah. Um, just because they found a way to use him. Um, and, uh, you know, I, that's not necessarily going to be the case uh, anywhere else. Yeah. You, you know, For, Foreman had some crazy college stats. His junior year, he went for uh, 184 rushing yards per game on 323 carries and scored 15 times. That's pretty insane. He was yeah. playing at a little bit of a lower level, um, still Division One, obviously, but not not no SEC school. But just just to think about that is crazy how how athletic these guys are, and if just given the opportunity, you know, they really can make a splash. Yeah, he, no, it was another Achilles guy, right? Yeah. I think so. I think he I think he got hurt a few times. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, moving on. I I I'm going to stick with the powerbacks, and this is a good one because we have a lot of Patriots fans in our league, and that is 100% Ramondre Stevenson. Um, 
this guy doesn't have such high draft capital where they need to utilize him all the time, but he fits exactly perfectly into Belichick's offense, especially with Damian, Damian Harris uh, about to be in his third year. The Pats rarely pick up those contracts, and that's just going to leave room for Ramadre to just keep getting more and more work as time progresses. The LeGarrette Blunt role. Yep. Yeah, so... What what gets you Ramondre Stevenson? If you if you're not the Stevenson owner and you want to scoop him up, what it what gets you him? Uh, he's tough. He's very tough because they already have such a good established running back in in Damian Harris. But I mean, I think he's the future of that organization for at least a couple of years. So so. I think you're going to be having to give up a little bit more than you expect. Maybe a second and a third round pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think Stevenson is one of those players that is a much better uh, throw in at the end of a trade versus trying out and trying to go and acquire him uh, just standalone. Yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of people feel the same way that you do, Turtle, about Stevenson. That you know he he balled out this year, and if. You know, if Harry uh, Harris does does walk in uh, next season, um, not not this season, next season, right? Yeah, next season. he could be the guy, right? But I think I think he's a much better. You know, go for the bigger deal and say, hey, you know, let's let's swap wide receiver, running back. I'll give you a you know a, a wide receiver three type player. You give me Stevenson, um, especially if you have depth at wide receiver where you can afford to do that. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, like, just to give you some context. Um, and maybe it's because maybe, maybe as I, before I even say it, maybe it's because wide receivers just have more longevity in dynasty. Uh, but I'm a Kadarius Tony truther, right? And if someone wanted him from my squad, um, since I'm the Tony owner in our league, to me, I would not part with him for, uh, less than a first round pick, right? Mm -hmm. At the same time, Stevenson who may have had, you know, at a a season accumulation standpoint, more better games than Tony did, I would not trade a first-round pick for Stevenson. Am I just just thinking of it wrong? Is it just like, am I thinking of Tony's ceiling versus, uh, you know, for 2023 versus maybe Stevenson's? Or, you know, how do you you reconcile that? Am Am I just crazy? No, it's just confirmation bias, and I got it too. It's just like, hey, I got this guy on my team. I, I, I overvalue him, but I think like the only reason I overvalue him is because I see such big potential in him, and that's where my third, that's where my third uh, pick for this segment's coming in right quick. Right. But I, I think Tony, I think Tony is probably worth a first round pick just because of how flashy he is. Yeah, and, and there's opportunity there. I see. Yeah. But yeah, I just I just have trouble saying, oh, let me let me go give a future first for Stevenson, um, you know, with Harris sitting there in front of him. If Harris went out and and you know did something major, uh, and it's obviously Stevenson's backfield, then he's worth the first every day of the week and maybe more. But yeah, I don't know. So you also know how the Patriots run their 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 uh, run offense. So very, very you know true. it's a, it's a little harder to trust the Pats running backs because Billy B just ch- interchanges them so much. And, yeah. and you still got James. I don't know if James White is a free agent or not, but you got James White, you know, who's mm-hmm. missed all last year and they utilize him heavily in that offense. Yeah. 
Uh, Ch- Chase Edmonds is a future Patriot. Mark, yeah, I see that. Ooh, okay, okay. Like that call. All right, turtle number three, bring us home. Yeah, you know who it is. It's the guy that I value the most on my team, I think. Probably just, it's probably so overvalued, but it's A.J. Dillon. I think the guy is so good. I see him reprising the role and taking over for Aaron Jones this year. Like, I really think that they're going to utilize him so much more than they did this year in more of the and more of the run game and then just using Aaron Jones as strictly a pass catching back. Um, and I just see such big potential in him. He's he's a monster. I, I don't see why anyone wouldn't see big potential in him. We, we need a quadzilla drop. Quadzilla. I love that guy. <laughs> quadzilla. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, you know, technically maybe he's a handcuff. Jones is is not going anywhere, but um, it probably ain't long before he is the or, or before he gets his chance at the RB one. Yeah. Let's put it that way, right? They should uh, within if it's not twenty three, most likely. I mean, if not in twenty two, most likely in twenty three, he's getting a shot. At uh, at being the guy there, um, agreed. Although you know they just restructured Jones' contract, so he's not quite as expensive as he was. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the nice part about Dylan, right, is uh, coming into the season, you weren't you weren't really sure what his value was going to be. I, I think he's definitely cemented himself in that. Uh, in that role where he's getting a minimum of 10 points a week. And if he falls into the end zone, right. So like you were saying, 15, 16 point week, right. You're, you're really loving that. Um, and, and if he does become the guy, right. At some point, uh, the work, the, the three that workhorse in that role, then, you know, it's, it's, it's all, all upside from there. Yeah. I guess I can't really, like you said, can't really consider him as a handcuff because he splits so much of the workload, but I still see him as a handcuff until he's getting ninety percent or 80 percent of the carries. He's still he's still a handcuff in my eyes. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right, right. I mean, he's he's. I don't think he's quite that fifty percent guy yet. At least you know this. Maybe going into this season, he becomes more of that fifty percent guy um, as as Jones gets a little bit older. But yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I, I like all those guys that were on this list. Yeah. No. No. Very. Very solid list. BD. Any. Uh... Any wide receiver or RB handcuff you throw out just for the listeners that we didn't talk about? Um, I, I don't know if you can consider him a handcuff or not right now. I, I'm not really sure what you consider him. I, I guess you consider him a free agent, but uh, Rashad Penny, if he ends up back in Seattle mm-hmm. uh, between him and Carson, um, yeah, I, I think at this point, if he, if he re-signs, you're probably not looking at him as a handcuff probably looking at him as the 1A to the 1B in that offense mm-hmm. because the way he finished off that season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Rashad Penny's an interesting guy. Um, you know, wide receiver, um, you know, I, I think Chase Claypool is an interesting name, uh, especially if they can get a good wide receiver, a uh, good quarterback there in, in Pittsburgh. Um you know, I, I think there's there's a lot of guys that you hear talked about, you know, Claypools, Gabe Davis, um, you know, Terry McClure and a couple a couple guys, you know, that were on my roster at one point. But um, you know, I, I think the one thing that I'm I'm watching out for is 
Uh, any of those upside wide receivers that end up on an offense with a rookie quarterback starting, um, you know, recently saw a stat where uh, no rookie quarterback has ever supported uh, more than a wide receiver three, I think, um, on their offense. So, you know, I'm, I'm a little wary of any wide receiver who's going to be attached to a rookie quarterback. Yeah. You know, on those teams. Yeah, it's just hard. You know, the the rookie season, most most QBs just aren't given um, the the full playbook uh, to to just go out there and throw. You know, thirty five plus times a game. It's it's um, they they break in slowly, so it totally makes sense. Uh, I'll I'll throw out and say, um, as I said before, I'm a Khalil Herbert truther, so I I try to go get him if uh, he's gettable in your league. And uh, I'll go. I'll, I'll go back to Pittsburgh, but I'll go with a different wide receiver there, who's probably cheap, uh, and that's uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he might fall into that. He's the third on the depth chart uh, behind Claypool and Johnson. Uh, I don't think you're going to worry about James Washington all that much, although you know he is super athletic. Um, but who knows? You know, Juju finally healthy. In the slot um, with with the rookie QB, maybe he's maybe he's the safety valve. Is, is Juju not a free agent? He is, he is, but I believe all accounts, um, and we didn't cover that news. All accounts that I've heard is it's looking like you know his best um, his best destination or, or dollar wise is going to be back in Pitt, and it's looking like he's going to be back there. But nice. I don't know if you guys have heard differently. No, I haven't heard. That's why I was curious. I, I didn't know, but I think him in Pittsburgh is a, is a good is a good spot for him. I yeah, mean. yeah. Obviously, I'm going under the assumption he returns with my previous comments, just based on what I heard. If he goes elsewhere, who knows? Uh, man, I'm, I'm, where he's on the depth chart. I'm super disappointed, man. I really thought I was going to hear Antonio Williams drop there. <laughs> hey, you know, if we wanted to get into, if we labeled this super deep sleepers, I mean, we gotta we gotta call it what it is—a super yeah. deep. Uh, and who knows, maybe maybe we take some time on a future segment and we do something like that, a super deep wide receiver or or running back on a team. Um, you know, I like, hey, let's be the guys to introduce the world to the this year's like Jarrett Patterson's, right? Or Tony Jones Jr. Like the guys who in one or two weeks, they got you something. They maybe flashed a little, but, uh, you know, they're not the big names like the ones we covered today in terms of handcuffs uh Certainly, we can dive more into what the heck are the Giants doing with their roster, Williams included, on a future episode. But, <laughs> uh, guys, any any closing thoughts? No, I'm all set, man. Great, great segments. Yeah, great, yeah. great, great content. Thanks, thanks for that. Thanks for the listeners. I saw a few pop in um, here and there, here and there throughout the the app. So glad we have some live listeners, and we'll wrap it up again uh, today with falling by Zephyr. Thanks, guys.